Good Divorce Podcast with Kate Brown. Hello, I'm Kate Brown. I'm a divorce and separation mediator. I've also been divorced, have three children of my own and two stepkids. In this podcast, I want to share my personal experience and draw on the insights of some amazing guests who have loads to say on the subject professionally and personally, and by doing so, help you have the best breakup possible. One of the most natural reactions going through a divorce is to fight to hold on to the family home and to cling on to joint possessions, the furniture, the art, even the marital bed, to feel you haven't lost everything. But according to Suzanne Roynan, an interiors therapist, getting to keep the stuff doesn't help you and can chain you subconsciously and emotionally to your ex and the failed relationship. Suzanne works with clients who can't seem to move on after a divorce and don't understand why. Her message is, don't be frightened to let go, travel light, and only keep the personal belongings you can't do without and really cherish. I spoke to Suzanne to find out more. Suzanne, thanks for joining me. It's wonderful to have you. Can you explain exactly what it is you do? Well, firstly, Kate, it's my absolute pleasure to be here. And and thank you for bringing interiors therapy into the podcast because it's such a valuable thing to talk about. Interiors therapy is really getting to grips with what's going on in your home and to find a way of your home really supporting you. So it's quite dynamic and it's a combination of decluttering, life coaching, law of attraction, uh, creating the life you want for yourself. And then we also bring in the feng shui. So what does your expertise bring to the whole world of divorce and separation? Well, like you, Kate, I've been there. (laughs) Um, So that's the first thing, you know, um, like many people in their 50s, I married in my early 20s with the expectation that it would be all hearts and flowers and, you know, we'd skip off into our retirement together and it didn't work out that way. And um, one of the reasons that it didn't work out was that we moved into this very cutesy little cottage and I filled it with cute brass kettles and dried flowers and this and that and the other. (laughs) And it just became stuffy and stagnant. But then I realised that once I'd left the marriage, walked away with really virtually nothing on my terms everything got better. And I thought, this is interesting. You know, I've traveled really light. I haven't taken everything plus the kitchen sink. I've walked away from our marital home. Everything got really good. (laughs) And it kept being good until I decided that the best thing I could do was fill my new apartment with clutter. And I had this and the toys were building up because we had a little girl and, you know, everything with the books were piling up and the Furbies. Don't get me started on Furbies. And um, so I had another epiphany and I decluttered massively. A whoosh. Got into a great relationship, got promotion after promotion after promotion at work, got a new home, filled that with clutter. Same thing again. And, you know, it just, it took a little while to pull back and realize that these things were symbiotic when I was traveling light and traveling, you know, really focused on me and our lives together and the energy. That was great. When I started getting bogged down by stuff, everything went wrong. You know, having a cluttered house in itself is stressful and it creates all sorts of anxiety. 
and also depression. Now, if you're struggling slightly in a relationship and then you add in those elements which come with clutter, it kind of all adds to a nasty little toxic cauldron of problems in a relationship. If you can delete the clutter, if you can really allow your house to support you, then actually you can take a relationship that's on the rocks back to being in a very happy place, if you you want to. (laughs) Right. So are you saying at the start of a relationship, it's important to, one, look for a house that supports you and two that you have a very ordered house i think the two things certainly a home which supports you but also coming into a relationship very lightly so not bringing crates and boxes of stuff that you've moved from one home to the next without looking into that might contain memories mementos of previous relationships you know, at at face value, people really don't think about that. They might bring, say, a mirror into their home that they had with a previous partner. And the energy of a mirror can be really, really powerful and almost reflect back what was there before. Now, that probably sounds a little bit (laughs) woo-woo. But if you imagine standing in front of a mirror that you've stood in front of with a previous partner, And now you've got your new partner there. It's almost like you're overlaying the past with the present. And it's complex, but it can cause a fair few problems. So I would always say, you know, start afresh in a new relationship, certainly with a fresh new bed. If you can't manage that, a fresh new mattress and new bed linen. Don't bring the DNA of an ex into your bedroom. Okay. So what at what stage would you normally start working with people? Uh, well, within the divorce process, it very, very much depends. Now, quite often I'll get called in by a couple who are having problems and they've realized it might be something to do with the house. And one will always be blaming the other. It will always be the other person's fault. Um, and I do my best to work with both of them. Now, as I say, a, a lot of times you can you can pull a relationship back together. But actually, if the writing's already on the wall, and you can often see that when you when you walk around a house, you can see the evidence that this is toast. Really, this relationship. Then it's about supporting each of them to go their separate ways as smoothly and efficiently as possible. So, yeah, I might get called called in before they make the decision. More often though, um, the immediate aftermath of the decision to divorce is just so complex for people. They don't have the headspace to deal with their interior therapy. But once they get maybe a year, two years into the process, up to 10, 12, 20 years, I've been called in. When they realize that actually their home, they're still in the same place emotionally as they were at the end of the marriage, they're not moving on. The partner's moved on and they're still stuck there in the marital home, just wondering why nothing is going right for them, why they still keep, seem to keep meeting the same kind of partner and it all ends in the same way. Then it's like the penny drops and they'll call me in and I can literally look around their home and show them the things that are causing them problems. And it's it's incredible. You know, it's like the mouth drops open and they see something 
from a completely different perspective and you know get very emotional because they can see what's been going on and how they've actually been generating that for themselves. I find that quite fascinating because often in my work I find that women in particular when they're going through a divorce cling on to keeping the family home uh, partly for themselves also for the children because it represents stability but it sounds like you're saying that almost that's the worst thing to do and that possibly you should be prepared to just say we're divorcing new start for everybody well I think that's true I think a, a new fresh start for everybody in a divorce is really so important if you if you imagine the family home where you've you've had the children there everything's been great and then things have started to deteriorate all of those connections are there in the body of that home. And it doesn't matter if you completely redecorate it or you knock a few walls out. There will always be that place at the bottom of the stairs where he told you he was leaving or the picture uh, that you always associate with the argument starting. And children really, it's very, very difficult for a child to move forward and recognise that their parents are now two separate individuals as opposed to a couple if they are still in the same place where they associate mum and dad being together. So yes, I, I mean, in an ideal world, I would always, you know, if somebody said to me, what shall I do? Shall I stay here or shall I move? I'd say find a place where you can begin again on your terms and create the life that you want for yourself. So do you think children adapt to that just as well as the parent? Oh, yes. Children are very, very adaptable. And it is important to take them out of a place where they might actually have been quite miserable. You know, the de demise of a marriage is as hard on the children as it is on the parents. And so by keeping the children in the space where the marriage has ended, where there's been the tension, the, the arguments, the fights, the silences, you know, that's that's mm. quite harmful for children. So they they will often go happily into a place and begin again. It's exciting. It starts their lives afresh as well. So it's a really good thing to do if that's possible. Do you think that's why some people, often the men, seem to move on quicker post-divorce because they often are the ones to to leave the family house and therefore the place where all the arguments happened um, behind? Oh my goodness, yes. The guy will swank off and he'll go and find his new place. He'll be out there loving life. And the wife and potentially the kids are, are sitting there in the same energetic stew that they were living in before. They, it's almost as though they're connected to the ex by everything that surrounds them because everything relates back to the ex. So yes, it's it's without a doubt the the guys who take off literally with a suitcase and the bare minimum do seem to move on much much more quickly. So how do you emotionally um help the person left behind take that leap into into the future and make a fresh start? Well, the most proactive way, Kate, is always to go and work with them in their home. And I make a rule that I will only work with a woman when she really does want to move on. Um, but I will go in and I will walk around their home with them and I'll ask them to explain what pretty much everything initially on display means to them, what the memories are, 
the the triggers it gives them now if it's something decorative it's often very easy for them to say yeah okay well i can sell that or i can donate it or i don't really want it anymore uh, but especially as things are now you know with the the situation in the country and everybody worrying about their finances i wouldn't be going in and say right you know clear those clear everything out of here get everything new but what i would do with them is say right okay which are the items of furniture the items of decor which are most attaching you to the memories of your ex can you bear to get rid of them how are they serving you now and very often people will look at them and say actually i never really liked it anyway hmm. i didn't even choose it he chose it or that was a gift from his aunt for our wedding and I've, I've hated it all the time but it's just you know it's still there on the mantelpiece and definitely get them to ditch the wedding photos presumably oh, yes yeah and the dress and the ring <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing how many houses you go into where people are no longer together but the wedding photos are still around absolutely and and the number of places where the wedding dress is either still in the wardrobe or hanging on the end of the wardrobe because it doesn't fit in the wardrobe of course or tucked under the bed or under the sofa. And, you know, when you say to somebody, why are you keeping it? They'll look at you as though you're mad. And some will say, well, I'm keeping it for my daughter. Mm. And and my response to that would always be, well, you know, you're married and you divorced. Do you want to give that divorce energy to your daughter when she wears that dress? Yeah, too true. Yeah, it is, you know, sort of a moment of realization. And suddenly they realize that the, the dress is poisoning the, the energy around them. And it doesn't matter whether it's a Vera Wang. Suddenly it's, you know, <laughs> sell it and buy something you want. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's surplus to requirements. I have to admit, I still have my uh, dress from my first wedding, not in my house, but in my mum's house. So I, I, I really should get rid of it, actually. I, I think you should. <laughs> and, you know, this is something, I mean, just slightly off tangent, but when you, you keep your clutter or your treasured possessions, if you want to put it that way, in somebody else's house, you're actually impacting on their home. It, you might think it's not impacting on you. It is still impacting on you because you've still got it and you know it's there. But it's also... You know, it's, it's just like leaving all of your stuff in somebody else's garage means that they don't have the freedom and the, the liberation oh, to gosh. use their home at the best. You're so right. I think that might be why my mum really has still has no time for my ex-husband. Maybe I've dumped that on her. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I have to do something about it. <laughs> I'm really interested to talk to you about the moving on stage. So the create the new life you want. How would you work with somebody who's been through the divorce, has moved to a new house or flat or whatever, and is now looking for a new relationship? Well, firstly, if they've they've done the divorce and they've moved and they've done all of the clearing, they are in a really strong position to get the life that they want for themselves. And the way that I work it is something called the manifesto process. And this you can use for a job, a relationship, a home, really anything that you want to bring into your life. Uh, but we, we really fine tune the elements of, say for example, the person that they want to have into their lives. Um, what are they like? What are their values? What do they enjoy? 
where might they be? You know, are you looking for a long distance relationship, in which case they could be, you know, anywhere within a couple of 3,000 miles, but are there particular countries? Or maybe you want to settle for somebody who's within five miles of where you live now. What do they need to enjoy? What's important to you? And then you create effectively this, this very powerful manifesting list that all has to be positive. So for example, you wouldn't say, I'm looking for a non-smoker. You would say, I'm looking for somebody with clean, healthy lungs. And so we put this list together and, you know, with a combination of goal setting and just activating this wonderful new energy, then coming to terms with everything that's gone before and then moving forward in a really strong position is so much easier. Can you give me an example of one of your success stories? Uh, I have the most amazing lady um, I've worked with. Now, I need to be a little bit cautious because she's mm -hmm. in the public eye. Uh, but she uh, was very sadly in a position of parental alienation. So uh, a very, very powerful partner, um, extremely highly regarded. And when she decided that she wanted a divorce, he manipulated the situation to make it look as though she was an inadequate mother. And because of his position in society, he achieved that very, very successfully. So she went from being very hands-on to being without her children, which was just awful for her. Now, the point that she came to me, she'd been without them, I would say, for four years. Oh, goodness. And she hardly saw them. She certainly didn't get any, uh, any time just with them. Uh, there would always have to be somebody else around. And this was absolutely devastating. She's an amazing woman, truly amazing woman. And um, so she started working with me. And the interesting thing was that within a couple of weeks, the boys had insisted that they wanted to be spending time with their mom again. And uh, against their father's wishes, they started to do this. So he tried to get social services involved and social services sort of said, well, no, you know, we think it's okay. We think it's okay, but we're going to monitor it. Well, she then had me back in to do a space clearing with her because she was enjoying having the boys around, but she felt that she was really ready to go that extra step. And to cut a long story short, as we worked through the whole interiors therapy process with each session or each visit, there was this huge leap forward and um, one of the boys elected to go back to his mother full time. And uh, then, then gradually everything started to shift and refocus the way she wanted it. And she rang me uh, about this time last year and she said, Suzanne, everything I wanted has happened. That's all in the past. I've got my beautiful home. My boys are now with me full time. I'm loving my life. Everything has just opened up. I cannot thank you enough. So amazing. I mean, that's amazing. But what, what was happening there? I mean, what were you doing? Because I mean, just to play devil's advocate, you could say, well, that process might have happened anyway. But what were you doing? So what I was doing was I was helping her locate anything that was 
chaining her effectively to her ex-husband. In her bedroom, for example, she had a very, very expensive, extravagant set of drawers. And I said, tell me, tell me about these drawers. And she looked at them and she said, oh, well, that's where he would stand and scream at me. Now, when I first met this lady, she was sleeping on the floor in a single bedroom in order to give the main master bedroom in her new home over to her boys. So she'd got it all set up for the boys, but they were never going there. And I said, hang on a second. No, 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 no. This is not how it works. The master bedroom in a home is your bedroom. And we're going to set it up so it is your bedroom and it's beautiful. And that's what we did. She got a new bed. She got the bedside tables. These drawers went out of the door that day. Mm-hmm. So she was taking back control in a way. She and... totally took back control. Yeah. Mm. And, and the each... energy was changing around the the whole house and her environment. Exactly. What a story. Thank you for, for taking part. I, I've, I've been absolutely gripped by what you've had to say. And, you know, I'm sure your work is so useful for people going through horrible divorces. So thank you again. You're abundantly welcome. And remember, nobody has to have a horrible divorce. It's about what you choose to take with you. I was talking to Suzanne Roynan, an interiors therapist and award-winning author of Welcome Home, How Stuff Makes or Breaks Your Relationship. Suzanne's advice couldn't be clearer. Do away with anything that reminds you of your toxic marriage or your ex. Sell it or donate it and give yourself space to move on. It might sound a bit out there, but if you stay in the joint home, your ex may retain an ownership in the energy because they live there in your thoughts and memories, whether you like it or not. Try and begin again if at all possible, and at the very least, create an environment that supports you. I still have a picture at the top of the stairs which I bought when I was unhappily married, and when I glance at it as I often do, it really does transport me back to darker times, and certainly gives me no pleasure. I think it just might be time to finally take the plunge and ditch it, and expunge the negative thoughts that go with it. Join me for the next episode of The Good Divorce with me, Kate Brown. The Good Divorce Podcast with Kate Brown. Follow and rate on your favourite podcast app.